0: A podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Friday. It's four o'clock. It's the bloody World Cup. Hurrah. Hurrah. They really don't care, do they? You care, don't you? Exactly. I don't know. Where's the... Actually, where's the Vivuzella thing? Johnny, do something useful for once. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Anyway, I hope you have had a good week. Uh, A better week than poor Lionel. Oh dear. Isn't there a song called Paul Lino? Lionel? It might have been something anyway. Uh, yes, Argentina on the brink. Anyway, won't say too much about that. Um, we have had a busy week going through all the stuff that we did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and lots of lots of good news this week. Uh, interesting stuff that's been going on. And it was review day yesterday. Yeah, very interesting. So now I have no staff left because I sacked them all right. Particularly Johnny. He got sacked. Then I re-employed him just to sack him once again. That was quite good, wasn't it? So thanks, Al. I thought that was quite a good gag, actually, as well. Uh, Anyway, right. So let's start with our story of the week. And this is very different. This week's story of the week is actually an opinion piece. It's a blog by Louise Kingham, uh, the uh, CEO of the Energy Institute. Now, we know Louise very well. She's a good friend of Energy Live News and obviously... She's one of the judges in Telca and, you know, the Energy Institute, as you well know, if you don't know, it represents uh, a big sort of professional body of people working across energy. So not just energy managers, but people working in sort of retail suppliers, et cetera. Um, They've been doing lots of work and pre-covered a piece uh, earlier in the week about a survey they do called the Energy Barometer. looking at what was happening. And that kind of said the real big issue facing most people in the energy industry was, Guess what? No shit, Sherlock. Anxiety over Brexit. But that's not what Louise's blog's about. This this blog is really about whether we in the energy industry are still so far behind, which is clearly the case when it comes to diversity, Uh, whether it's women or ethnic minorities on boards of energy companies. So um, some basic facts are that basically 90% of energy boards. So energy companies, 90% of the boards have no female representation. Can you believe that in 2018? Incredible. Uh, 10%, they, the, the survey they did on um, the energy barometer found that 10% of respondents said that there were, well, how do I put this? They didn't think it was important, right? 10% said that it's, it's not an important issue. Uh, 16% are ambivalent. Not to say that loads of other people did think it was something they were going to try and do. Now look. We're not here to say that actually, you know what, you need to fly, I don't know, the flag for knickers or, you know, let's, everyone has to be black or brown at work somewhere. I don't think that's the case. I think you need to say that actually you employ people based on their ability. But the truth is the energy sector in every event we go to is always the same. It's white, it's bald, it's male. Okay? because like, that's basically it. And that's gotta change because energy's changing, right? Uh, the, the team at ELN is basically just a bunch of geezers right now, that's apart from, now I wouldn't say that. Yeah, apart from Pre and Chaya, isn't that right, Pri? Yeah. But we've always been fairly 50-50, it's only that recently it's, it's not worked that way. Uh, even Harry, we thought would be Harriet, but it is Harry but all joking aside our events we try and get as many uh, females along we make sure that we try and do our content so it's absolutely balanced there's no sort of demarcation here i've had female camera women same as have the the guys right now and you know basically pre-runs it because frankly johnny couldn't run a paper bag or run a tap but that aside what we're talking about is an energy sector and an energy sector needs to represent the people that work in an energy sector and who are they us yeah so the consumers the consumers are diverse so why are the boards not doing things that are right by hiring people that represent your customer base and your future customer base customers will be getting younger they will be coming from different parts of the world there'll be different people working in energy because energy is changing you know it's not just going to be the land of engineers. And it's not gonna just be a male world. So I think Louise has absolutely hit the nail in the head, which is saying, you're actually, in a way, being blinkered and uh, perhaps sc- screwing yourselves over. Because more diverse boards do better financially, because you've got different people pulling in. Saying all of that, whatever Pri says, I'll ignore anyway, so it doesn't matter, is it? Is that right, Pri? No. Of course not. All right, moving on. Two stories now. Uh, first one uh, and the second one are linked, but in very different ways. So the first one's about Mercedes-Benz. Now, Mercedes-Benz has uh, decided to turn an old coal power station in Germany. Uh, it's in Germany, isn't it, Johnny? Uh, yeah,
1: Germany.
0: Yeah, yeah, in Germany. Into a battery uh, unit. So basically what they're doing is they're taking, because they've gone into this whole thing of using their cars, becoming electric, more EVs, all of that sort of stuff. So they're investing in um, Mercedes-Benz uh, battery sort of energy technology. So they've turned an old uh, power station built in 1912 that was decommissioned recently in L. Verzingen. I think that's right, excuse my uh, German pronunciation. And they're putting in 2000 battery units. Something you may not know about batteries is they need to charge and discharge. So uh, they have a cycle, batteries have a cycle, so when they charge up, they discharge. And if you leave them storage, then you know it's like when you leave your car and you leave it for a few months as I found out, battery goes flat. So what they're trying to do is have in this place a chance to charge the batteries, discharge them, etc. Uh, there'll be enough power there for 600 vehicles. This is really, really a, a story of how the old world is being replaced. So an old coal power station is being used as a new facility for the new renewable future of battery storage. Juxtapose that story with this one from India which is incredibly interesting so India as you well know uh, pretty much the third biggest economy in the world second biggest in terms of population has had lots of changes we've done loads of stories about its push towards renewable energy but this one is a really interesting one the Indian public banks have lent more for coal investment last year than they did for renewable and clean tech. Seven billion in coal investment and two billion for clean tech. Now, this is really interesting. If you look at a place like Gujarat, so Gujarat's in the Northwest, it's very dry, loads of wind, because it's fairly deserty, and it has loads of investment. when I was there a couple of years ago, wind power, huge turbines, massive stuff going on, lots of renewable energy. A lot of that has come from private investment firms and private banking, but, When it comes to the other states the banks which are mainly the indian government owned banks the state banks have lent far more for coal projects okay so they've backed coal even though the government wants consumers to use more renewable why is that well if you look at it it basically makes simple fiscal sense and this is the thing that has been going on that people ignore in developing nations not alone you know we probably sort of jumped the gun and said yeah we don't really need coal but in developing nations Why would they not, why would they not use coal? Yeah, why wouldn't they? If it's there, why should they not use it? And so it's a safe investment because it's regular. You know when the power is coming. You know you can uh, have it on standby. And so I do understand why it's been invested into. I think this is just interesting that you have here, Germany, you could say kind of first world, modern world going, right, we're really going back on coal. And then you can have... Uh, sort of developing nation like India saying, well actually for us coal is still quite important so don't switch it off right now interesting stuff so there's the stories, let us know what you think about all of that oh my god it's time for the banter box who are you?
1: I'm Johnny. I'm your reporter.
0: Are you wearing that hairstyle because you like watching oh, it's, it's new Ed shearing videos? No, it's
1: just a new style. I thought it suited me. So.
0: He's adjusting, adjusting the uh, gender gap that we have here.
1: How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you.
0: Wonderful. Really? Cool. Oh. <sighs>
1: Got that on the camera. <laughs> um, right.
0: It's good though. It's a good look for you. Yeah. Uh, Alright, yeah. anyway, North Face, going yeah, on the clothing. So North
1: Face, the outdoor adventuring yes. kind of company. I think people um, know
0: who North Face are. Not
1: everyone. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, North Face, uh, they do lots of nice coats and rucksacks and adventurous things like that. Coats and, and rucksacks? They're now climbing and towards things. sustainability. What's adventurous things? Uh, you know, if you go walking in the mountains, hiking. <laughs> Gore-Tex, that's adventurous. Gore-Tex, that's adventurous. Uh, yeah, but anyway, they hope to cut waste, because obviously lots of brands um, have like defects in the clothes, so all brands do.
0: Can I just say this, one of the ginger hairs from the wig is just hanging uh, that's what my
1: chest does. <laughs> just <laughs> hanging out there. Just get rid of that. Yeah, so go on. Sorry, I was, I was uh, stopping Rob's saying I look sexy without my glasses. Oh, it's God, like Wait, it's like a mole rat. isn't hey it? <laughs> They're not very fashionable.
0: Anyway, really. yes, go on. So, North Face.
1: Yeah, who make so,
0: adventurous things.
1: Yeah, so adventurous as they are, uh, they their clothes are still prone to defects, like lots of other companies. Yes. Um, all companies, I suppose.
0: Yes. And so
1: people return clothes. And yes. often in big companies, those clothes end up in a warehouse or getting sent to land. Or, yeah, them.
0: or sometimes they sell them in markets for seconds and stuff. But they do... Yeah. You well,
1: know. that's what North Face is doing. Ah. So they're refurbishing these clothes. So they're old, also refurbishing old, like old clothes as well. So yeah. if you have a really old North Face jacket that you want to put in the bin... God, can, my son has got one of you those. You can bring it in. Really? And just say, what? well, you don't get to keep it, unfortunately. Oh. But they take it off you, uh, and with the defects too. They wash it, they refurbish it, and then they sell it at a discounted price. So it basically means that they're not constantly having to... All of their stock won't have to come from virgin materials, is what yeah. they call it. Okay. But don't joke. Uh, so, yeah, they have to kind of produce less plastic, so it's less environmentally intensive. Okay. All right. I like that one. I'll give you that one. And 85% actually of all clothes end up in landfill, which is pretty shocking. Yeah, that is shocking. So if you can cut that down a bit, I think that's good. Or or just
0: buy the same clothes as John does for wearing for years and years. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. until you grow out of them. I'm still waiting for that last spurt. And yeah, so the second story is a heavier one. Uh, It's about the UK. It's the Chancellor, Philip Hammond, uh, has basically said he's going to establish a new green finance institution. Uh, And that's mainly because things like the Paris Agreement, other international obligations. He says that the world needs to mobilise 68 billion pounds uh, by 2030. So that's, what, 12 years for 68 billion pounds? Quite a lot of money to plough into climate-only stuff. Um, So yeah, he's hoping this institution, which would be a UK institution, Mm -hmm. uh, can drive basically green finance and leverage more green finance in the UK and around the world.
0: But how's he confident this is going to work when the Green Investment Bank didn't work, you know, and lots of sort of green uh, sort of finance products haven't worked properly? Why is he so confident? Is this Uh, to do with some of his Brexit anxieties?
1: I think it's just try, try and try again until it works. Okay, we, can't really, we can't really give up that, on that's the a good, That's we? a good swerve
0: by <laughs> Johnny saying, I don't know the answer to <laughs> I didn't know that question was coming.
1: OK, last one. Uh, yeah, so the last question, uh, the last story sorry, I actually like as well. Uh, mm-hmm. It's about speed restrictions in Wales, where, where in, this is to... Not, not
0: whales in the sea. No, no, Speed no. restrictions no. on how they swim.
1: Yeah, yeah, Welsh people. Uh, Welsh people. <laughs> So, currently, 2,000 Welsh people die every year, or die prematurely, right. uh, because of air pollution. Yeah. So, obviously, you don't want 2,000 people dying that you could save. So, the Welsh government, on five main roads and motorways in really polluted areas, mm-hmm. uh, on some of them it's said you, you can't go 70 miles an hour anymore, you have to go 50. Okay. Uh, because cars pump out quite a lot of, you know, at the low and high ranges of their, yeah. rev, their revs. Uh, they produce quite a lot of pollution. So it's saying you can't go 70, you have to go 50, and there are signs that say drive more smoothly. So no accelerating and tailgating someone. Uh, They're saying everyone try and drive more smoothly and uh, that will reduce emissions. And that
0: hopefully will reduce the number of particulates that's out there.
1: Yeah, nitrogen oxides, carbon dioxide, uh, particulate matter. But I think the main concern in Wales, they say, is nitrogen oxides, where like in these motorways or main roads, you know they're kind of dug out into yeah, the yeah of course I say it says, and it becomes yeah. a valley of nitrogen oxides that yeah. harm humans health more than anything else one of your
0: first stories was all about that wasn't it yep it was We're We're turbines know. nitrogen oxides
1: go. the lot i've covered it all
0: well there you go what yeah. a pro <laughs> uh that's it
1: yeah okay and you can contact me in pre as always that's stories at energylifenews.com uh, if you have any suggestions or anything like that, complaints, praise, whatever. Uh, yeah, please get and us
0: And just to say, after review day, we're going to be doing much more filming, aren't we? We are.
1: We're going to see We're going to go so, out and about more. So if you in have all any sorts this, films, absolutely. They yeah, want to go out.
0: They want to make some films. So uh, they do nothing anyway. They so sit <laughs> around, particularly him. So get out there. Let us know what's happening in your part of the industry. And I will send Johnny.
1: Yep. I'm going to climb a a wind turbine by the end of this year. You can do that.
0: And if it's a a really good story, we'll send three. How's that?
1: Yeah, I'll go get the fat bugs and we can do do the glamorous stuff.
0: She can do the glamorous stuff. Yeah. Glamorous stuff. Thank you, Jonathan. Oh, Thank (laughs) you,
1: everyone. Bye.
0: Lovely. Well done. Are you going to find your glasses? They're on the floor. Alex is about to step on them. That'd be the best bit, actually. I didn't realise that the wig was going to make an appearance just at that stage, by the way. So, anyway. (laughs) Uh, Right. Uh, Let's talk about what's coming up. So... You probably know about it. You certainly will know about it. It is the England and Belgium gap. No, it's not. It's Telka next week, the 28th of June. We have put together all of our nominees. We've talked to them. They're all ready. Their fingers are crossed. The judges have made their decisions. Uh, Freddie's working on the table plan right now. We're going to have a great day. And unbelievably, I think this deserves a round of applause. For the first time ever, there will be sunshine on Telka night. 31 degrees. Robert is coming dressed up in a sheepskin. <laughs> yeah, okay, that wasn't as good, John. As. Uh, so, don't forget that. Uh, at uh, the end of October, on uh, Halloween night, well, Halloween day rather than Halloween night, uh, we have Energy Live Expo with uh, Claire Perry, the energy minister, opening things there. So don't forget that. Make sure that you attend that. Harry is calling lots of pe- people, giving you uh, a chance to register for that. So. Get involved, register early. We have lots of good content planned for that. Very much so concentrating, as we said, the the stories earlier, the uncertainty about Brexit. We're going to really look at that as we enter the final few months before the Brexit uh, date approaches. And then at the end of the year, the big party, ELPA, the Energy Live Personality Awards, we will be having the list of the new award categories up by the end of uh, this week, I think. Uh, So have a look. Get involved, and it's free to enter. It is free. Can you believe that? Free. F R E. Enter away. Come along. We're going to have a great night on the boat. So uh, you can uh, join that. Uh, any shout outs? I don't know if we can uh, hear anything from Freddie or, the, or anyone, free yeah, no. Nothing. Not even Kev. No. Kev's been busy trimming his beard, he told me. And he's also been having a shave on his face as well. <laughs> uh, Right, uh, just to end with couldn't resist a World Cup story, and it 's this it 's about the Japanese, and Johnny got the absolute headline for this so badly wrong, so the Japanese basically were watching Japan versus Colombia. It was a tense game, they were so tense they kept it all intense, and then they all had to rush to the loo as you would do at half time that caused a big drain. <laughs> On the uh, on the water supply, and they had to uh, do uh, some sort of 24% hike in water demand. But luckily, because the Japanese are pretty smart, they had planned ahead and they had adjusted the pressure. Johnny, I thought you were going to do a little jokey little vevazula v- v- thing there, but you missed your point there we go oh my gosh that's pretty uh right ladies and gents there won't be a short fuse next week because frankly we'll have done telka and knowing this lot they'll just be inebriated so uh i won't be back but they will be back on july the what's the friday what's the friday after is it july the 6th friday july the 6th the dangerous double act will be back god help us then uh have a fantastic weekend in the sunshine I will see you uh, very soon, but the guys will see you in a couple of weeks' time. And don't forget all the content for Telco. You'll find out all the winners on Thursday. Have a good week.